Well, it's it's been a while since um, since I've done one of these podcasts. Probably over a year now, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was back in December 2020. So yeah, just over a year since since we've since I've done a podcast. Now I was and I am still gonna do um, series two of Connected Living, um, which is a more updated version of that. And I'm still working on that at the moment. So in the meantime, uh, I thought I'd um, do a quick podcast, maybe about an hour or so long, on how to have difficult conversations, which will connect in with uh, the more in-depth version of Connected Living that on it on um, series two that we're going to be doing. So this is an added extra episode that um, that we can use. So it's. It's called Having Difficult Conversations, this episode. Um, so what we're going to cover today or on this episode is uh, just some personal reflections on how I felt when I've had some difficult conversations with people in the past as a leader or as a parent or as a colleague or friend, uh, just to reflect on how that made me feel and hopefully um, that will just trigger some questions for you as well about how how you felt and what areas you think you are okay with when it comes to having difficult or challenging conversations and what areas you think you might want to uh, do some work on. Then um, the next part of the podcast episode will be on how we prepare Preparation is key when we're about to have an important, challenging, possibly developmental, performance-related conversation with somebody. So normally this would be in a work setting. It could be um, at home as well. could be with your children. could be with a, a partner um, or, your, or a friend. So uh, but preparation is key. If we don't get that part of uh, the conversation right, then it can all go wrong really, really quickly because we start to feel defensive, we start with our nerves, um, that spreads to the other person. Before we know it, we're, we're in a bit of a row and we're not going to get anything from this conversation. The next part of the uh, podcast episode will concentrate on having the conversation, what happens when we have the conversation, how we manage it, how we structure the conversation rather than just leaving it to chance and just winging it, which again adds to that preparation um, and creates a confusing mess of a conversation that doesn't end up being very productive at all. And is often the reason why we consider these types of conversations to be difficult. Because the actual fact they're not difficult. It's just, it's an important conversation. So I suppose uh, one of the things we'd need to do is, is relabel this conversation as an important developmental performance related conversation in our heads. So it's because we want something from we want a good outcome from this conversation which brings me nicely to the last part 
of the episode, which is the outcome. How do we manage the outcome? How do we manage the action that comes from the conversation at the end? So it becomes, it's satisfying to both parties. So both parties feel comfortable and satisfied with it. So that is having difficult conversations podcast episode i hope you enjoy it let's spend a minute just thinking about some personal reflections so i'm going to ask you just to, just while I'm talking now, just to think about, or write down, yeah, write down, get a bit of pen and paper, pause the podcast if you need to, go get get yourself a piece of pen and paper, and just write down your reflections on a difficult conversation. Try and use one that is um, fairly recently that is um, that is fresh in your mind that's causing you a little bit of discomfort at the moment what I want you to do is is just think about what your emotions were before you had this conversation so in the build-up to the conversation so I remember um, a couple of conversations that I've had fairly recently that have um, I needed to tell somebody about the performance in their team or 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 something that's uh, it's normally in a um, in a coaching setting um, or, or a um, clinical supervision setting at, at work where I would be um, there would be very a, a very difficult relationship issue within that team say and my feelings before that because this would be a very difficult very awkward conversation would I'd be really nervous um, so I'd get some visceral reactions to that um, so my heart rate would be just going up a little bit I'd, I'd have some butterflies in my stomach um, and I felt um, apprehensive is 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 the word because I wanted to perform well I wanted to um, to be able to help them see but I was also wary of their reactions so that made me feel quite apprehensive and anxious about that and all of that um, all of those those physical manifestations of anxiousness were were coming out during this the session I was um, frantically during the, the long silences that were happening I was frantically thinking of ways to get the conversation going um, so I was really concentrating really really hard feeling quite nervous occasionally at moment in moments panicked about what was which direction was this going in was it the direction I wanted it to go in 
how could I bring it back to something that was useful for everybody? Um, was I pitching it right? So all of these questions were going through my head. Um, because I have this structure that I use, it was, am I, am I using this structure effectively? Um, is this working for this team? After the conversation, when, I, when we'd had some outcome, uh, relief is, is, um, is the initial reaction I think I felt. But then I suppose like I'm sure a lot of you would do is then get home um, and I would be um, overthinking things, analyzing the, um, what the, how the conversation went, what worked well, what my performance, this is mostly it, mostly I was overanalyzing my own personal performance and being hypercritical of my performance to making myself feel bad. And this is where I really do have to balance, make a balance uh, with it because that being hypercritical about your performance makes it difficult when you're entering into another conversation in the future. So trying to create that balance is really, really important. Um, so that's, they're the emotions that we might feel. So just think about what emotions you were feeling before, during and after the conversation. Then ask yourself, what went well? What worked? in this conversation. Now we will always naturally go to what didn't work. So that's why I'm encouraging you not to go there because that's easy to find. That is easy for you to find. You can you can lay your hands on what didn't go well quite quickly. So let's think about and concentrate on what went well, what worked. What was it about that conversation that worked for you and for the other person or persons? In my case, it would be persons. So for me, it would be um, my structure. It went well. I was um, persistent. I had a goal in mind. I, I had a goal where I wanted it to be, where I wanted them to be having a conversation about the impact they have on each other as a team. So that happened eventually. So I was persistent and patient. So that, that's what went well for me only a couple of things that is really difficult to find to look deeply and find what went well in a conversation so I just I urge you just to write down really really think and then ask yourself it's an important question to ask yourself when you ask what went well is the supplemental question of is there something else is there something else that worked if I was to do this again, what would I take from that conversation and use again? Just start to look at its entirety, the entirety of the conversation, what, what worked well for you. Okay. Then instead of what 
didn't work well, I want you just to answer this question. What might you do differently next time? So some things worked really, really well. Some things maybe fell short of that. So how, if you were to approach it differently next time, thinking about those difficult moments in, in the conversation, what would you do differently? How would you approach it? How would you structure it that was different? So for me, in, in that conversation, I think I would have contracted more clearly at the beginning of the meeting and of the conversation exactly what the parameters of it were, what we wanted to achieve, make an agreement about what we wanted to achieve. So it was very clear for everybody. So we could start working towards it quite quickly in a meaningful way. So for me, it was that preparation, part of that preparation, contracting early on um, for that conversation. So now we've done some personal reflections. So you've got some things written down. You can now start to think about, okay, what am I good at? When I'm having difficult, what can I bring to the conversation that I bring every time that's consistent and is helpful and I do well? I know what my emotions are going to be. And what's important here is, is that we don't we don't avoid those those emotions. Those emotions that we're experiencing about the difficult conversation are important because we're nervous about our performance and that we, we support the person well and we do well in the conversation. Um, it's That's why we feel that emotion because it's important for us. Our values say that. So it's if that's important to us, we mustn't push that emotion away. It is not wrong to feel nervous about having a difficult conversation. You're supposed to. Otherwise you're not gonna treat the difficult conversation with respect. You're not gonna treat the other person with the respect that they deserve either. So embrace those strong emotions and don't push them away because they'll just get bigger. So we've understood those emotions. We know what went well. We've got some ideas about what will what we need to do differently next time. And this is a moving feast, isn't it? This is always, you're always gonna have those moments that when you're reflecting on the conversations afterwards, those things that you did well, that might be not the ones that you've done well in the past, um, and the things that you, you, you need to work on, the areas of development, the things that you're gonna do differently. And you're gonna notice them, notice different ones each time, and that's fine. It is a moving feast, it is about learning. Um, completely so that's personal reflection so hopefully you've got some useful data there to use next we're going to um, think about our preparation and how we get ready and we will relate back to these personal reflections <music>
preparation. So um, when we when we start to think about the the conversation we're about to have, it might be that we're having that conversation in the next day, a um, few days, next hour or so. Um, but what we've got to be clear in our head is, is what do we want to happen as a result of this conversation? What is our desired outcome? We we need to concentrate on us at, at this moment. It's not what um, the other person wants. It's what we want from having this conversation. So there's a couple of things we need to remember here is is that we'll talk ourselves in or out of this conversation we'll talk ourselves into what we want really quickly um, so we've got to be mindful of our emotional thinking because when we're stressed our motives become short term so it's really really important that we just test out what our motives are if we're nervous and anxious about this conversation uh, so one great way to do this is, is is to write it down and as you're writing down what you want from this conversation have in the back of your mind do i want to be liked or do i want to do the right thing with that uh, short-term thinking that we might be experiencing because of our emotions because of us feeling stressed it's really really important that we start to examine do i want to be liked or do i want to do the right thing am i going to work with my integrity when i'm having this conversation so write down what you want to happen and it, write down in an emotional way if you need to because um, that can be really really helpful as um, Brené Brown would call it that you want to write down maybe that first shitty draft of of the conversation that you're about to have we're not writing a script so it's really important to differentiate this it's not a script it's what you want the outcome to be it's what your goal for the conversation is so write it down and it'll be messy and it'll be clunky and it'll be emo it might be emotional but get it all down read it back to yourself does it make sense am I being reasonable do I need to adjust what this outcome is and what we can do now is when we've got it in front of us we can start thinking about the facts of the situation the facts that of the reason why we're having this conversation and it's important that we get our facts straight so as you've written it down do we have enough information about this to be able to go into a conversation about it to have a discussion about somebody's performance or somebody's development or their behavior so do we need to get we need to gather as much information as we need to ask ourselves have we got all that information and if we've got all that information we might need some more so we need to go gather it first it's really important that we now start to separate out facts from opinion and judgment so we are not just walking into a difficult conversation with our opinions and our judgments and we've got some facts 
to deal with because the thing is with opinions and judgments we've all got them and not all of them are the same which can lead us into difficult challenging argumentative conversations because they will have a different view so it's important to separate out facts from opinion so you know the difference you can still impart opinion and judgment but you know it's opinion and judgment and you're not treating it as fact which is often what what we do as human beings we do it all the time we see things in the news we see things on on twitter and on facebook we hear gossip um, and it's about an opinion and or judgment on some situation or somebody and we then start to treat it as facts about that person about that situation so it's really really important to critically analyze the data the facts that we the information that we have in front of us and is it is it factual or is it opinion on judgment one great way of doing this is to name a thought as a thought and a feeling as a feeling it can really help you separate out that difference so here's an example he is so resistant to change he is so irritating now if I separate out uh, my feelings and thoughts so I name the thoughts as thoughts and I name the feelings as feelings this will turn into I think he is resistant to change that makes me feel irritated can you see that it starts to change the whole idea of this being a factual statement to an opinion statement it's an opinion piece when we are sat say um, say you're you're sat at the GPs or the doctors or you're sat in A&E and you're waiting and you see people coming and going um, and they they've got clinical uniforms on they've got nurses uniforms they look like doctors maybe they may be physios maybe receptionists and we see them just not with patients and they're walking around and we think that they um, are not doing their job properly but we don't say we think we say they're not seeing patients they're not they're not working properly that is making me no that is so annoying so we can turn that into I think they're not doing their job properly I think they're hanging around and that makes me feel annoyed and it's it's just our perception that, that we can turn into facts if we are not careful so we can label people who work in A&E as, as, as difficult lazy people and they're not or we can talk about receptionists in, in GP surgeries the same. It's not. It's just our perception of what is happening. We don't have the full facts. So if we're entering into a difficult conversation with just our perceptions, it's going to go south really, really quickly. So it's important that we understand what our thoughts are and what our feelings are so we do not confuse them with facts. And this brings me to the next question that is important to ask yourself. So what am I assuming about the situation, about what the conversation I'm about to have is? What am I assuming is, is correct, is to be correct about this? What am I assuming to be correct? 
let's get that right well that was difficult wasn't it so what am i assuming to be correct about this situation not all of what you see can be taken at face value because we often will see things and we we think we know the pattern we think we know that certain behavior and we so we assume that that is because of this so if if somebody is persistently late to work five or ten minutes late we can assume they are, that they are lazy we can assume that they are not engaged with work we can assume that they don't like the job that might not be correct we're making assumptions based on our view of the world not based on what is really happening to that person so just check on your your assumptions because they might not be correct so if they are if if you if you do have some some jumping to conclusions some assumptions that you've got there just label them as i'm assuming this it might not be true because then that will help you when you're having your conversation in the future what judgments have you already made about this person and about this situation now we all have people that we like and we think everything that they do is wonderful and we think that we have a bunch of people in our lives that we're indifferent about so we um, will we'll like them one day we might not like them the next day and then there's people uh, the ne'er-do-wells in our heads the people that no matter what they do we don't like them we don't like how they behave and how they work all of those views of people will help us make judgments and assessments as we perceive their behaviors so what what judgments are you making what's your opinion of the person or the situation in front of you and is that coloring the conversation you're about to have is this a reason why you are reluctant to have this conversation is this a reason why you want to have this conversation so it's really really important to think about what judgments you are making so now we've got some critical views of what we want to get out of this conversation we've tested we've tested our our goal our outcome our desired outcome we have tested our the the information that we have about the reason for this conversation so we're, we're we're being more critical now we're slowing our thinking down which is really really important this is why it is never good just to jump in to a difficult conversation because we uh we we think with our emotional brains and we go very very we go for the quick easy solution which is either to have a sharp sharp row tell them our piece or not say anything at all and neither of them might not be helpful so we've we've done some preparation there slowed our thinking down now we've got our thinking slowed down we can now start to consider our emotions and how our head is and where our head is because we've got to make sure our head is in the right place to have this conversation so we are not emotionally thinking 
we're not going into this conversation emotionally charged we are, we need to check that we are not experiencing what we could call an amygdala hijack that's when you temporarily lose control of your prefrontal cortex so the reasoning uh, the careful reasoning part of your brain the part of your brain that considers both sides of the argument can be can be turned off can be switched off by our amygdala if we feel we're under threat so if we're going into a conversation feeling under threat we will turn off our our reasoning brain because we need to be kept safe this is what our mind's thinking so we react with our emotion rather than respond with reason in in a life-threatening situation this is really helpful when we're having a conversation about somebody's performance it is not helpful at all so we don't want to be reacting we want to be responding because if we react then often our reactions are contagious if you push somebody they will push back and then we end up with an argument and we we end up being further apart from this individual than we should be because at the end of the day what we wanted to do was was make sure that we have some action and agreement we're not going to get the action that we require if we go into this conversation emotionally charged so it's time to put our, our heads where it needs to be so it's time to understand what is happening with us and how we can manage our minds our emotions better to be able to go into this conversation um, in a calmer way having full control of our prefrontal cortex so we can respond reasonably first thing to understand is the discomfort you are feeling about the your performance as I talked about earlier when I was talking about my reflections is 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 the discomfort you're feeling is is it's not their it's not about their feelings it's about your performance it's about how well you are going to do and you'll worry about whether that is going to be good enough or not and whether you're going to look unreasonable silly or angry you want to you want to come across as calm professional and caring so that's why you're feeling this discomfort it's not about their feelings it's all about you so the, the first place to start is is when we're doing all this critical thinking about our preparation is to choose to see this as a resource and not an obstacle so the conversation you're about to have is going to improve the situation so it's gonna give you a resource your relationship might be improved with this person you might have a an excellent outcome where you can work together it might be to improve their performance so they get better at something it might to help them see where they need to improve and how they can develop and then you can support them doing that there, there is going to be an outcome that is beneficial to, to to both of you so it's a resource rather than an obstacle you should never be going into one of these conversations to vanquish the other person is to improve the situation so it's important that we change the view of the situation and of the other person we'll often to make it easier we'll often um, 
label ourselves as the victim in this issue that you that you're having the issue the reason why you're having this conversation so we we see ourselves as as the victim so we absolve ourselves of all responsibility and we might say to i know i've said to said this many a time when i was a clinical nurse educator i would say i have been supportive and kind there is nothing else i can do and then i label the other the other protagonists in the in in the room as villains so they have been lazy and unmotivated and entitled they have had every opportunity but they just didn't care enough so you can see i've i'm the victim i've tried my hardest and this is how they've repaid me by not doing it so they're the villain so it's not my fault will often will often do this it makes it easier to have that conversation well the problem with you lot is is you're not doing it right and if you cared more you would work better and you would do it better so I want you to care more and think about the impact you're having on me so you see it, it's centered around you if we if we do that so we need to change that view we need to change that victim and villain view and we, we can shift that into actors and humans so we can see ourselves as actors an important question to ask if you're going to see yourself as an actor is what am I pretending not to know about my role in this so what am I ignoring am I assuming that I don't play a part in this situation that I'm just merely a bystander or the villain or the victim so I'm, I'm, I'm passive I am not taking part that is highly unlikely there is always a role that you will play in this situation it might be that you haven't haven't described something well that you've not supported as well as you could have done that you um, you were dismissive that you have an, a, a, a view of them that is not actually realistic so there's lots of reasons why you've impacted on the situation there's lots of roles that you can play but we sometimes prefer to ignore them so that's worth considering just thinking about that in your preparation what am I pretending not to know about my role in this and start to view them as humans most of the people we're in contact with most of the people that we employ if we're we're leaders or the people that we work with or the people we live with are reasonable rational decent people the vast majority of the population are reasonable rational and decent so why would a reasonable rational and decent person do what they are doing what's causing them to be like this because they're just a human being they're not they're not evil they're not villainous they're just ordinary human beings so what is causing them to behave this way or to do what they've done 
it's um Brené Brown has a great um saying about this that it's assume everybody is doing their best so if these people are doing their best but it's not quite coming up to standard what's stopping them from being better what's getting in the way for them being better so now we're starting to move into that curious space before we're going into this conversation which is essential because we're not seeing them as um, fixed villains we're not seeing ourselves as fixed victims we're seeing ourselves as fluid human beings that take part in life that interact with each other and have an impact on each other and we're impacted on by other things in our world so they're they're not as different from us as we might think when we slow things down and think about it so we're having a beginning to have a different view of the conversation we're about to have remember to label your thoughts and emotions remember they are not just they are deliberately slow they are so irritating it's i think they are being deliberately slow that makes me feel irritated it's not them it's you you're playing a part by experiencing those emotions and expressing them as facts so you're playing a part as much as they are i found this 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 little poem and um i think it's it's really helpful when you're getting your head in the right place um to have a difficult conversation with them because it it, it it starts for you to be able to humanize this person because if we are it's very difficult to hate somebody up close to to feel less generous to somebody when they're up close so if we move in we're going to have a better conversation and this just this poem really really helps me think about how i move in with people how I move in closer so I understand them so I'm going to have a helpful deliberate conversation that is going to improve outcomes for both me and the person I'm having a conversation with the poem is called Just Like Me this person has beliefs perspectives and opinions just like me this person has hopes anxieties and vulnerabilities just like me this person has friends family and possibly children just like me this person wants to feel respected appreciated and competent just like me this person wishes for peace joy and happiness just like me we start to view people just like us it's much harder to have a polarized opinion they might view the world slightly differently but essentially they're just like the rest of us so that can really help when you're about to move into this conversation another important thing to do just 
before, oh, this is often really helpful just before you have that difficult conversation or if you're hijacked and somebody has a difficult conversation with you, somebody challenges you and you need to calm down quickly. There's a really, really good technique that will help. Uh, it helps relieve anxiety really quickly, helps you feel, feel calmer. And that's just a real sim simple breathing technique. Excuse me, I've got hiccups. They've gone. Okay, so it's a, it, this will help my hiccups as well. So it's, it's really helpful. It's a, it's a short breathing exercise. It's called square breathing. So what you do is you breathe in for a count of four. One, two, three, four. You hold for a count of four. One, two, three, four. Breathe out for a count of four. One, two, three, four. You hold for a count of four. One, two, three, four. And repeat. And repeat until you start to calm down. Your heart rate starts to come down. You start to feel less anxious. You're then able to enter into your conversation. Really helpful, useful tip um, when you're uh, just about to enter into your conversation. I like to have a personal mantra as well when I'm thinking about when I'm just about to start a conversation with somebody. I, I use it when I'm um, when I'm going for interviews as well, um, and this is really simple. And it, what it does is it helps. Um, it helps me differentiate between who I am and what I do because what I do is not who I am and it's really important so if I make a mistake at something if I don't do well at something it doesn't diminish me as a person as a human being I am still loved and lovable and I pinched it off Brené Brown of course I pinched it off Brené Brown who else would I pinch it off so I always say to myself repeatedly I'm loved and lovable I'm loved and lovable no matter what happens I'm loved and lovable my mum will still love me my boys will still love me hopefully my wife will still love me I'm loved and lovable somebody will love me and like me that doesn't yet that's not going to change so have that little personal mantra can be really really helpful and that's how we prepare for our difficult conversation <laughs> So now we're entering into the conversation. We're actually going to have the conversation. Now it's important to have some structure to um, to our conversation, and, and 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 what I'm going to use, because I find it incredibly helpful, is um, is an approach by Egan, um, which is the the I think it's the skilled helper 
um, is, is 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 where it comes from, and and Egan um, suggests that we explore, we understand, and then we move into action. So when we're having um, a challenging, difficult conversation, it's important that we follow a really good, sound structure that works. Um, so my old friend Janice Hostad always says, gather before you give, which is that explore and understand. Remember you're having this conversation to help people improve, to help the situation get better. It's not to diminish the individual. It's not to let them know that you're better than they are. It's to help them get better, help them see where things haven't been working and how they can improve. And it might be that you may need to go on a journey as well as a result of this conversation. So it is not helpful to jump in with the accusation, the judgments, the um, the action. So we're going to avoid starting in the solution, in the action, because that solution and that action is ours that we formulated before we've had the conversation. So with, with this individual or with a group of individuals, so we're going to explore what this situation is, how you understand it to be, and how they understand it to be. And then create an understanding between you of what probably really did happen or what really is going on. So we explore the story. So we'll, we might say, this is what I understand to have happened. What's your, uh, what's your view of it? And then we go quiet and we listen to what they've got to say. I love this. This is a quote by David Augsburger, who writes about listening. Um, and I, I love it. And I think it really helps um, when I'm thinking about, do I need to jump in with, with a conversation or do I need to listen? And here's the quote. Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. So that was David Augsburger. So being heard is so close to being loved that the average person finds it almost indistinguishable to work out between the differences. So you can feel loved by being heard. So it's really, really important. If we are going to get on the side of somebody that we listen to them they're much more likely to hear us if we hear them. We spend very little time listening to people and a lot of time telling people. When we tell people, we push them back into their boxes, in their, back into their view of the world and they will not see your view of the world because they'll be telling you their view of the world and you're busy telling them your view of the world and neither of you are listening.
so somebody goes first so why not you let's listen we listen with fascination as Nancy Klein would say and we hear what is going on so that's when we're exploring and now we've got to understand their situation and as we understand their situation we'll ask questions we will be curious because remember we are assuming they're doing their best but something's stopping them from being better so we're curious about why a reasonable human being would behave like this or would do this so we want to understand this so we're going to ask questions that pique our curiosity and it might be those questions um, uh, uh, we, we might use not questions we might use paraphrasing we might use reflections just to dig a bit deeper to create a better understanding for us and for them what the situation is and sometimes we might use some summarizing and then say is that what is that what you've told me and then they can expand on that and dig a little bit deeper so we start to go through the as we would say the layers of the onion to find out what really is happening that helps us understand and helps them understand we can ask again some more questions about what's going on because we might say well we've heard we've heard this we saw this so we might give them some feedback and say in a very factual way this is what we saw what what do you think about that what was your take on that when that happened so you start opening questions up to pique their curiosity, to understand what's going on. They might, they might say things like, well, they always won't let me do something. Or so they, un they, they have unnamed references. Be curious about those unnamed references or those pressure words. If people say, I need to do this. I can't do that. I should do this just be curious about what lies behind those pressure words or unnamed references the they and the them the management those kind of statements we should be we should be going to where things are not said so let's be curious this is that moment this is that time where we understand the situation we get to put some views in of what we've seen as feedback factual feedback if we we can now talk we can talk about the feelings that we've had as well but we got to label them as feelings so when you did that or when i thought you did that this is this is what i think you did and this is what this is how it made me feel and then give them the opportunity to talk about that as well we're creating a, a really good strong understanding we're into a deep conversation here if they're expressing emotion it's important that we empathize with them and Brené Brown would call it is is it's a way to connect to the emotion of another person but it doesn't require us to have experienced the same situation they're going through so we don't have to be in their shoes we just have to understand 
the emotion that it causes, that it creates. So we know what loss feels like. We know what disappointment feels like. We know what frustration feels like. So as they're describing something, we could say, that must be so frustrating. And they might say, yes, you're right, it is. Or no, actually, it's not frustrating. It just makes me really angry. So we're able to articulate emotions and we create a connection with that person. So we're gathering before we give. We're listening to them. We're hearing what they have to say. We're engaging in that conversation. We're, we're being empathetic. We, we, we're getting, we're cutting through by using our ears as much as our mouth. So we gather and then we give. We explore, we understand, and then we move into some action. Remember to breathe. It might get emotional. You might get emotional. You might get angry and wound up, which is normal. But we don't want this to escalate. So if you need to, do that breathing exercise, the square breathing, just to calm things down, just so your amygdala goes back to sleep and your prefrontal cortex can take over. It's important that everybody feels safe in this conversation when you're having this conversation. So it's vital that you are being very clear about the feedback that you're giving. So when you're opening the conversation, you are clear. Because if you're clear, you're being kind. If you start beating around the bush and start talking about lots of different things and avoiding the main subject matter, those words that you need to say, then you're just gonna make them feel uncomfortable. You'll make yourself feel uncomfortable. People get angry. Your amygdala starts to take over. Their amygdalas. So before you know it, both amygdalas have been hijacked and you're just shouting at each other. So be clear, because to be clear is to be kind. Be aware of the emotion in the room. Like I said, be empathetic to, to what they're experiencing. Express that empathy. But understand and expect strong emotion. The more difficult, the more emotive the conversation you're having, the stronger the emotion might be. So be prepared for that. You might need some tissues. Try not to touch, try not to hug. You're having a conversation, it's an important conversation. So be aware of that emotion, use empathy. Remember, this is not a competition. You are not there to vanquish them or beat them or to get your opinion across and only your opinion across. You're there to improve the situation. And that might mean that you improve, that you change as much as they do. So your behaviours need addressing as much as their behaviours need addressing. It might be that. So be open-minded. Be there to improve, not to destroy. because it's vitally important that you get it right, not to be right. If you're going into that conversation knowing that you are right and you are going to remain right, 
all of this disappears. So there's no point in exploring and understanding because you're just going to go straight to action and just tell them what it is. And that is not going to work because they will tell you how it is for them. And neither of you will hear each other. So you're going into this conversation to get it right. Not to be right. So if you need to shift and change, you must. So that's the conversation. So we're there. We're going to explore, understand, and then move into action. And we're going to cover the cover action in outcome in the next part of this podcast. But remember, empathy is so important. And listening. now we've come to, to outcome so the, what we've we've established at the beginning what our desired outcome like we wants to be so we are going to improve on what was before and that is the point of the difficult meaningful challenging conversation helpful conversation hopefully so we want a positive outcome where things are going to improve we might not have the outcome that we thought we would but we are going to end with action. It's really, really important that we, we've we explored and we've understood that there is some action that comes out of the conversation. So something is going to shift. So as you're bringing the conversation to a close, you summarize what has been said. Offer the other person opportunity to add if there was anything they needed to add about the summary that you may have missed. And then you're going to say this is, and then you we, you talk together about what is going to happen now. So you agree the actions that, that are going to be taken. So you check that everything is covered. You agree what actions are gonna be taken. You are clear about those actions. Both of you, or who are, however many people are in the conversation are clear about the actions and what everybody is going to do to achieve those actions. So what their personal responsibility is for each of the actions that are coming from this conversation. It's important as well to check at this point that everybody has the resources to achieve the actions so they can they can complete them because they they leave the room not being able to do it we've just set set up failure we've created resentment so it's important that we check that we've got the resources to be able to achieve the actions it's important as well to set some review dates to when when is when are we going to review this it might be you might have a, you might have a very clear smart goal so you know when it wants to be achieved by but are you got are you going to put some reviews in so are you going to help help them help you um, 
you might be able to help you as well that you put in some reviews so let's meet up in a week or two or weeks time to see how how we're going with progress if we need to change anything if it's not working very well so you can put some kind of review in it doesn't have to be that formal if it's in a work setting i would suggest it needs to be formal if it's a social or or, or family setting maybe it, it needs to be less formal but there does need to be some kind of review everybody leaves the room talking about the actions that they are going to take so everybody is articulates the actions they are going to take rather than just you or some one other person so if you've got actions you articulate what your actions are the other person articulates what their actions are and you leave the room that's the outcome it's really simple outcomes are simple really uh, it's just summarizing what was said what's going to happen now just check in make sure everything is covered be clear on the actions when they need to be achieved by and when you're going to review and that everybody has the resources and essentially that is um, have how, how to have a difficult conversation most important thing to do is prepare 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 make you make sure that you have all the information you need and you've separated fact from fiction you are clear on what your outcome what your desired outcome is you've got your head in space in the right place so you you know that you're you might be hijacked by your amygdala but you've got some strategies to support that you when you're in your conversation you gather before you give you liberally use empathy throughout the conversation you're clear and direct but kind and you make sure everybody knows who is doing what and that's the secret of a difficult conversation sometimes it will still be challenging and as i said at the beginning don't deny your emotions that you're feeling understand them rather than deny them and that's having a difficult conversation as i say i'm preparing at the moment um season two or series two we're not american are we series two of of the connected living um podcast which will go into a little bit more depth about acceptance and commitment um and how we can use that approach, a values-based approach to our lives to, to help us make the right decisions, make changes that we need to do to, to live our lives. So that, that'll be coming soon. But this is like a little bonus um, episode to just to start things off again. Okay, so I'll, I'll, you'll hear from me all, all soon. Thank you. Thank you.